like sucking. Legit bad podcast. Watch your fingers, booty hole man. Welcome to Legit Bat. We had Mr. Ricky Verandis, Ricardo Verandis on from uh, The Ripple Effect. If you're in this community, you probably have heard of him before or seen him on Union of the Unwanted. Uh, I wanted to talk to, I just wanted to shoot the shit with him actually, but he has a petition. He's uh, heading up for Ludlow, right? Mm -hmm. Ludlow Mass. Ludlow Mass to make a mass optional for the students at the schools there. I'm a the link will be in the show notes. Uh, he also put the link on the video on Rockfin. So everybody go sign that. We already did. I know a couple of listeners already did. They let me know. So other than that, we just kind of had a little bullshit session. It was fun. He's a good guy. Uh, definitely going to have him back on soon. Uh, what else? Anything? Did I forget anything? Vote for David Alexander Bramante for governor. If yeah, if in you're California. in California. <laughs> or if you're not. I mean, apparently yeah. you can come over here and vote because that happened. Allegedly. Yeah, you can just do that. Um on the link to the um, petition, once you sign it, there are several other p- petitions to unmask kids at schools in different school communities all over the country. So, yeah, just go find a bunch of them two- and sign them. <laughs> sign as many as you can. Start a new one. You don't even have to be in the same area. It's pretty cool. Enjoy the show, and we will catch you next time. I was, I was always curious, where do you record at? I see guitars behind you, and I'm in my uh, guitar room, a.k.a. my son's room, too. So you have a little room in the house or what? Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's you know, my cellar, basically. And uh, when growing up, I used to play music. And then when the band kind of separated, I started a little studio in my cellar, just basically uh, doing solo music, which is the uh, the intro and outro music. And some of the music you hear in the podcast is all my solo project called Theory 6. And that's kind of what got my attention or, or, or um, sparked my attention in podcasting because I'm like, oh, you know, I, I already got the equipment. Why not, you know, basically use it and start podcasting? Because I, I, I really music just got really hard to do by yourself. It was very time consuming. And it's like, it's rewarding once it's done, but to put together a whole song and, and especially if you want to put a song out with a message, it's like, it was so, I'm like podcasting, I'm like, I can just record it, upload it. And I'm like, I got it out there. And, uh, and it was something new. It was a new challenge. And, uh, so, uh, you know, basically it was just, I already had the equipment. It kind of made it easier for me to transition. And then the name of the podcast came from a song called the ripple effect. So then I used the song as my theme song and the name of the song as the name of the podcast. So it all kind of worked out you know looking back i'm like i don't know if i if i never got into music if the podcast would even exist maybe it would but uh you know I, it makes me wonder if how long it would take before uh i felt the need to have to do something and, and jump in it but because of uh the music equipment it was just easier to just transition because i'm like i already have the mixer i i know how to use software i know how to uh record audio i'm like it's you know like it i really have no excuse not to give it a try so um oh yeah yeah you know, 
That's that's kind of that's funny. I used to do that too. I used to uh, play and like make my own music and stuff. And like you said, very time consuming to the point where I would I would have this perfect idea of the song and go to do it, and I'm like an hour in, I've got like two bars done. You know, like it's it takes so long. And I, we did the same thing where I had I did have some of the equipment, but uh, we had to end up getting a lot a lot more stuff for the podcasting. But yeah, it's been fun. It's a creative outlet where you don't have to really care what people think either that's great <laughs> yeah we made our intro and outro music too yeah i made our intro music too <laughs> i was like just digital. fucking around on garage band and i was like this works <laughs> yeah yeah i mean some people it's funny because sometimes we drive ourselves nuts about these little details and like jason Burmis, for example has a huge platform huge uh platform he doesn't have any music you know and it's like oh, yeah. music like us you know it's like we'll we'll drive ourselves crazy about like oh i want to you know i want some music i want a, a good outro song i want a good intro song i want it to sound good and it's like and then it's like well if, if the show is good nobody really cares even with the audio quality like there's you know shows that their audio quality is not quite that good and i still like them i still listen to them you know i'm like oh you know they should really compress that or um or, and uh, tighten it up or just use a better microphone but it, it, a lot of times it's same it's same same thing with music like growing up there's a lot of bands that recorded there's you know albums themselves and you love the album and it's like even though you know it's not the best quality it's not you know at the same level as some of the mainstream bands um it still strikes a chord you know internally so uh yeah. i think the message and and you know sometimes the, what you're attempting to do is more important than being ocd about all the other details which i guess it's good because it does push you to to kind of improve and, and put the best product out there. But um, I, I try not to get too crazy about putting the best product and, and focus more on like the conversation and the people I'm having on and trying to, cause in, in the past, I mean, there was times where I would spend forever, like just trying to get every piece of audio sounding better. If there's like some little, if I did a two hour show, uh, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh, I'm, there was that one point in that show where like I dropped something, I made all this noise. I'm like, let me find it. And I'll spend like an hour going through the whole, and I hate listening to myself. So it's like, it's exactly. torture. I have to listen to myself and it's torture just for like some little background noise that nobody's probably going to care that much about. So I kind of toned it down a little bit. I mean, if you play music and, and you know how it is, like you can drive yourself crazy about what mixing stuff like oh i need to put the bass drum a little higher oh i think it's too yeah, high no yeah. and it's like it's never ending and it's like same thing with, with podcasts you can get so caught up in those little details and spend so much time and i guess there's pros and cons to it like it's good that we care enough to to want to take those extra steps and, and give people the best product but you don't want to spend so much time doing that that it's taken away time from doing other things like actually researching stuff reading interesting things looking for interesting guests that will that will bring some interesting perspectives so it's um yeah i mean and once you have kids it gets much harder you know before oh, yeah. i could i could do that type of stuff now it's like balancing everything out is just it's really hard you know just to find time to do everything and you know, I'm like most people who, who are podcasting who aren't doing it full time. I mean, that'd be that would be the goal eventually. I don't know, you know, when that will be. But uh, until then, I'm, you know, it's not going to stop me from at least con attempting to continue to create some type of impact and, and uh, create some type of ripple.
Yeah, I I was OCD about the sound too, and I still am. But I, we got new mics, and I've figured stuff out enough now where I can actually focus on the show and not going. Oh, does this sound okay? <laughs> was there too much cat noise in the well, background? As part of the creative process, I think you have to have the confidence enough to say, "This is it. I'm satisfied." And if people don't like it, fuck them. Like it's okay. This is good. It sounds good to me. I'm done. That's kind of where we and got. You have the, to be confident and let it go. The last show, somebody complained that the guest's microphone was terrible and they couldn't listen to it. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't what? have any control we can't over do that, anything man. About like, that. I can try to fix it here and there, but I have zero control over that. Yeah, that that's gonna happen. I mean, I've had guests on that, that you know they have horrendous microphones or they're using. I remember back in the day. Um, remember Miss May I? The, the metal band. I don't know if you know they are. They're kind of like a as late dying type of metal band. And uh, they're, they're good. I had the singer on years ago. I think he was on his phone and like walking around. At one point he was like in a, I don't know, if, I, I haven't watched in a long time, but I, I think he was in the bathroom and I'm like, I'm going to have to work on this audio because it was just like, sometimes he was closer, sometimes he was further, the volumes yeah, were up, yeah. down, and it's just like, uh, and, and I always feel bad for the listener. I'm like, if I spend a little bit of time, maybe it'll be easier. Cause I hate listening to podcasts where just like all of a sudden something comes in super strong. I'm like, fuck, I got to put it down. You know, my yeah. ears. Hurt. And then it's like, Oh, now this is super low. I got to put it up. You know, it's like, if I can at least get it close to where somebody, I feel confident that somebody can just listen to it and not have to constantly adjust the, the volume then I, and then I'm happy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so, some guests you, you figure, I mean, it's not that hard to get, like, even if you get just like headphones with a mic, like sometimes that's, oh, not yeah. even, you know, it's, it, the ones that you get for a phone like it they're those aren't even that bad but some people will just literally just use a webcam or something like that which i, I get it you know if, if you're not doing interviews all the time you know you don't really feel the need to invest in those things but um they're pretty inexpensive you know and, and it'll really help with um you know like you said maybe there's a guest that would get more fans or more people exposed to his work if people could just get through the conversation because of the audio <laughs> So he's got he's kind of hurting himself too a little bit if he's doing interviews. Oh yeah. Our our first mics were like $40 mics and they actually surprisingly did not sound that bad. I just had to dial them in just right to get them to sound where I wanted. I got the new mics and it's just like I don't have to do anything anymore. They just sound good and They boom. weren't that expensive either at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not like they were $500 or yeah. anything. I mean, there's some expensive equipment out there but you don't have to go overboard. It's way better than a phone. Any day, I don't know why people do that. I see people and we're talking to them, and I'm like, no, no, are you using your? Oh, okay, that's cool. Nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming on. <laughs> well, it's true because microphones aren't that expensive. I mean, I have, to, uh, I didn't end up buying one because I just had so many of them laying around. Um, but uh, you could get people will, will write me, they're like, oh, what type of microphone? Should... I'm like, honestly, the technology has changed so much too, where podcasting has become a thing where people actually build equipment for, where before it was like you're using music equipment for podcasting and now it's like this is a podcast microphone this is a podcast mixer this is a podcast uh you know like those little zoom recorders so it, it's um you know they actually have equipment so i'm like go to your local guitar center i'm like ask the you know ask somebody there because i'm like i'm sure they they're selling that stuff and i'm sure that they can get you something specifically for whatever you're using um but like you said microphones aren't that expensive that's why when even headphones like a, a good set of uh headphones for uh studio headphones aren't that expensive that that's why when people were getting those uh beats by dre headphones and i'm like how much are those i'm like dude I got a pair of studio headphones for half that price that I'm sure sounds just as good. Uh, and 
you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't think people r- realize that like, they're just little speakers. Like they're not, it's not like super expensive equipment. It's not like a giant PA system or, you know, a amp, you know, that actually is expensive to build and, and whatnot. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the stuff isn't really that expensive. And even if you just want to start off with really cheap stuff, like a USB, uh, are your, yours, uh, how do you run yours? You run yours through uh, guitar band? Circuit or uh, garage band, sorry. <laughs> no, I just use uh, I run it through voice meter, the s- software mixer thing. But uh, yeah, our mics are USB. I'm using them as USB, but I actually want to get the XLR because it works with XLR too. I want to get an external mixer, but I have it so it works so well now after we got the new ones that I'm like, I don't even think I need to. I think the USB is working fine. Yeah, you guys sound great. I mean, I why touch it you know like how much better is yeah. the quality really gonna be you know and well, that's my thing is like once i got it right i'm like it's like putting a baby to sleep where i'm just like okay just stay stay like that don't <laughs> do anything back away. <laughs> so what have you been up to i've seen uh i saw you on uh the instagram doing something in ludlow the ludlow school district trying to get masks to be not mandated how did, how is that going so th- this is how th- this all went down so tuesday so last Tuesday, which uh, so people listening in the future know it's the 16th of August. Um, I found out that the Lolo School Committee was going to have a meeting that night about mandating masks or making them optional for schools. And I, I had ready. I was like my schedule that week was like super booked. And I had actually Peter, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on, which I hope to get that show finally up today. But um, I had him on that Tuesday, that Tuesday afternoon after I got out of work had Peter McCall on, then I rushed to the school committee meeting. And I didn't know, I mean, I don't get involved in like small town politics, even though like sometimes people gossip with me, they'll tell me and I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm like every town has their own internal issues because he's cousins with that person. He got his job or, or this person is at fault or that. Person. I'm like, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I shouldn't say I'm a big part of committee. I'm, I'm quite often seen um, all over town. You know, I, I I go to local restaurants, I go to local butcher shops, I go to local um, grocery stores, uh, my kids play sports in town. So like people see me, I mean, I'm, you know, so I, I get it, I try to stay out of all the political nonsense. But this was one of those things, obviously, that I'm like, I've been fighting it and, and kind of making people aware of all this stuff internationally, or, you know, even nationally, but locally, like, you know, I, I haven't really been that involved, because until now, it really was like a state mandate that like, you know, you really, how do you fight that? You know? So you can make a little bit of noise, but it, it's much harder, but locally it's much easier. So I went to school committee meeting. I, I was kind of, I rushed there. I didn't have anything prepared. Uh, I didn't know how many people there were going to be for or against it. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't get, uh, I, I honestly, I didn't know many of the people that were there. I, there are residents there that I kind of knew their faces and, and I knew them from around town, but I didn't know what, their views were, you know, on this specific topic. So I was kind of like, I'm like, hmm, I'm like, I wonder how the room is, you know, I wonder, I'm like looking around, I'm like feeling it out, because I'm like, I'm gonna go up up there and be pissed. And I'm like, I don't know if everybody's gonna clap or if everybody's gonna be pissed. But either way, I'm, I'm going up there and I'm gonna say some stuff. So uh, it, it was actually a pleasant surprise to see people who went up before me um, that had the same views and had the same perspective. I did a emergency podcast a day after where I had two of the people that went up before me who one was uh, this kid, Alex, who's 16. I give him a lot of credit because to be that involved and to have the balls to go up there and, and be outspoken and fight back against the school committee at his age and being 
somewhat very politically aware. Like I, I thought that was awesome because a lot of kids at 16 is like, they don't even know what the fuck's going on in the world, you know? So yeah. I, it was nice to see that. And then there's another guy who is actually one of um, the best friends of, of my old co-host uh, who is one of my best friends. So we, but we have a mutual best friend and, uh, and he, he was there. He's a retired police officer uh, and detective. And I knew him. I know, I know him really well, but I didn't know where he stood on the mask thing. And he went up and then he told, you know, his story and, and shared his uh, his perspective. So it was it was awesome. I mean, it was it was really nice to see people uh, speak up. And then I went up and kind of just ranted like I typically do. And just like, you know, at some at one point got pretty, uh, you know, I could feel myself getting pretty upset because uh, when you're talking, I mean, I brought my kids with me and um, my daughter just got answer in pants so she couldn't sit still so my, my wife's like maybe we should go and i'm like yeah i'm like i don't think she's gonna be uh you know seated for because it was taking a while and uh and so then i say to my son and i'm like and i told the school committee i'm like listen i'm like this is the i mean because no most people didn't bring their kids and i'm like i want you to see who you're trying to mask i want you to see who who you're affecting and um you know i told the story of how even though we lived 2020 as normal as you could during the 2020 lockdown even my son would have nightmares of like police chasing him because he wasn't wearing a mask and just you know we had some some uh personal trauma that he was dealing with based on what happened and and i basically was trying to you know make things as easy and as normal as possible so i could i mean i could just imagine the parents are freaking out and those kids are just soaking in that anxiety and that you know, just all that uncertainty of what the hell is going on in the world. So, you know, I shared that story. Uh, you know, I, I we talked a little bit about science and how it, it's it was quite obvious that one person in the school committee was actually open to the idea of making them optional. And the, the I mean, they're very good politicians because they were all saying, well, we're just going to start the year with masks. We just want to start the year with masks. And then we'll, and we're just like, well, what's the criteria? What are you looking for? Like when it's just like, oh, we're just going to lock down the world for two, two weeks. That's all just two weeks. Give us two weeks of your life. And it's like, it's never ending. And you know, like, like I said, it's just, it's the same thing. It's, it's two weeks to, to flatten the curve. Like the curve's been flattened and we're still fighting the same fights. It's like it. So I don't trust or have any faith that if we give them any, uh, any opportunity to mask our children that they would not just con continually find reasons to keep the masks on because then they'll talk about the new variant and then they'll talk about oh well case numbers have slightly went up or oh there's one person who had it or there's oh, oh there's one kid in school who got sick or, and it's like you can just keep finding reasons and, and excuses to keep those masks on so what we did was we ended up forcing them to be like well how about we do a survey like let's um because they were supposed to vote that day and most of the committee was like, no, we don't, you know, and uh, they're like, oh, school's about to start. We can't do a survey. And then one person was honest and said, well, IT guy could probably get the survey out by tomorrow morning. And uh, so they put out a survey and the survey was supposed to kind of get a feel for uh, the people of Ludlow and how they felt about, uh, you know, optional masks or whatnot. That was the idea. The idea was like, let's find out if parents uh, believe that they should have the choice to mask or unmask their kids. Well, how they worded it was, and this was like, just classic, you know, uh, Edward Bernays propaganda. I mean, I'd love to give him that yeah, credit yeah. for even knowing who Edward Bernays is, but they probably don't. But they were just trying to cleverly uh, word it and sway people's opinion in one way or, or the other. The way they worded it, instead of 
what giving us uh, uh, the question we wanted, which was like, should parents have the choice? Instead, they're like, are you okay with kids wearing masks in the beginning of the year? And I'm like, that's not the question that we wanted you to ask. And two, it's misleading because what you're doing is you're making people believe that it's only for a short period of time in the beginning of the, the season, even though you didn't tell us what you needed to see or what you would have to see to finally remove those masks. So what you're doing is you're swaying people to be like, you know what? Yeah, just in the beginning of the year, why not? You know, like a lot of people will, will instead of being like, well, let's word it in, in what we actually want. We just want people to have the choice. We want people to have the freedom to choose what to do with their children and and um, if they want to mask them or not. I mean, I'd even be okay with like, have a couple classes all masked for the parents are freaking out. Have a couple classes that aren't masked. You know, like if, if you know, why not do something like that? I'm sure there's teachers. There's one teacher who spoke out and other, uh, an, another uh, a woman who, who talked about she has a lot of teacher friends who can't speak out because they're afraid of like, you know, the way it'll look. So I know there'll be teachers that would teach the kids who aren't masked. I'm sure there's plenty of teachers that don't even want to be masked, you know? So they put out the survey um, soon. Like I was pissed about the survey the next day immediately. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is so deceiving. I'm like, that's not, I mean, it's, it was a one sentence survey. They didn't like, nobody's going to think about like, well, you know, in the beginning of the season, like what, what are they looking for in the beginning uh, afterwards after the school season starts uh, to, to justify removing them? Like nobody's going to ask that question. They're just going to be like, oh, that seems like a reasonable question. That seems like a reasonable thing to do because the media can down the road some more. And- well, and yeah. plus it's cold season, like cold, actual cold season comes right after school starts. So then they'll find a reason to keep the masks on because it's summer when school starts. So then fall and winter come and then they'll justify keeping it for the rest of the whole school year. Yeah, and and they and, and they kept bringing up the variant at the school committee meeting. I'm like, the new variant, the new variant. They oh, the new variant changed things. I'm like, how many times are you gonna be lied to? Like, the, literally, there's no t- like the majority of cases that people are referring to, they're not testing for the variants. You're just a case. You're you know, no, they're not sending it out to a lab. And they I think might not even be sick. They just test positive on this bullshit test. Like that's that's my argument too. It's like you're masking masking healthy people makes zero sense. You are, if there was pros and cons of wearing a mask. So even if you believe that there's some stop of spreading of viruses, if you wear a mask and then the cons would be obviously uh, psychological trauma, bacteria, mold, uh, carbon dioxide. And if you look at the pros and cons, you can't even make the argument of looking at the risk reward ratio, because if a kid's healthy, you're not stopping the spread of anything. So you only right. get the negative effects of wearing a mask. You get the zero of the positive effects because the kid is healthy. So what you're doing is you're making a bunch of healthy kids. Because the way I look at it is like, check their fevers if you want. Tell parents like, hey, we're going to be really strict. If your kid has any symptom, we're sending them home. Like, or make sure they don't come to school if they have any symptoms. And do that. And 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 I, I'd be okay with that because it's like, okay, well, at least they don't have to wear masks. If your kid's sick, you know, keep them at home. Uh, and, Which is and- how it's been done for all time. Yeah. Sometimes people aren't, sometimes people are like, oh, you just have a sniffle. Don't, you know, you're going to school anyway. Screw it. I was never okay with that because I hate being sick. So I like that. It's the one positive that came out of all of this is that sick people stay home now, but people who don't have symptoms aren't sick. They're not asymptomatic sick people. They're just not sick. That's the biggest horse shit is the asymptomatic thing. I, oh. I had a post where I'm like, you know what we used to call that? Not being sick. <laughs> like, you're right. I mean, I, I forget who said it. I'd love to give him credit, but there, somebody was saying how, like, 
if I go to the doctor and I say I have strep throat and they're like, okay, you don't, you don't feel good. No, I feel fine. Like I'm asymptomatic. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you'd be like, fuck out of my office. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? What's your symptoms? I have no symptoms. So how do you have a strep throat? Uh, I don't know. Test me. You know, it's like, you'd be like you're wasting my fucking time. Like get out of my in your you mouth know, and be like, no, you don't. Yeah. I mean, this is the only time in history where it's like, you can be sick and have no symptoms and, and some tests that everybody kind of agrees is not really a, like it's being misused. It's not the, what the test was designed for. So, I mean, the whole thing, and if, I guess just to finish the big, uh, or the school committee uh, story. So the surveys, they have another, uh, meeting this Tuesday, the 24th or something like that. And they're going to decide then. And we're hoping that the petition that I have going out there and the, the survey hopefully is in our favor. And even though it's been, you know, well, I, I created a petition because I didn't like the way the survey was written. And I'm like, well, let me put out a petition that actually states what we're looking for. We're looking uh, for parents to have the option to choose. And so the petition is doing well. You know, I've had a lot of help from, um, I'm sure, you know, everybody in the whole podcast community, the whole union of the unwanted, I'm sure uh, many people uh, helped and signed that I'm, I'm not even aware of it, but it, you know, we're up to, I don't know, like 360 something uh, signatures and uh, which isn't bad because a lady started a petition. I found out that a lady started a petition the day before I did. And she's stuck at like 119, 120 or something like that. And four masks oh. in schools. So I'm like, that son of a bitch, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and then you I saw them amount or, just as many. I mean, as yeah, just as many as I, I I can get to kind of. And the cool thing is, like, um, a couple uh, doctor friends of mine who have been on the show, like Dr. Joel Hirshhorn, Dr. Jessica Rose, Dr. Um, Henry Ely, they they signed it. I saw their names on there. I know I sent it to them, oh, and they signed. So I'm like, I actually have doctors signing the petition too. So, uh, so that's awesome. I reached out to Del Big Tree, and I'm like, hey. Um, this is what's going on. If you have any creative way of that, maybe helping out, that'd be great. And um, so, I don't, you know, we'll see what what he can do. I know he's putting out a newsletter. Uh, what's today? Sunday, tomorrow morning, and um, it's gonna have all the information, all the things that basically every every argument you can that can be made about masks not being safe. And so he's gonna put that all together. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Unfortunately, this guy. Jeffrey Riley. Um, I've never been, that's the thing. I don't even know. I didn't even know who our school committee was. I did. I don't get involved. I mean, my kids just started going to school and they were homeschooled 2020 because of the mask thing. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really involved with the school committee or what was going on with that. And what the hell was I getting to? Oh, Jeffrey uh, Riley. He, he, uh, I, he's some type of, I don't know what his exact title is like commissioner or something like that of education in Massachusetts, something like that. And he said Friday that he's pushing for Charlie Baker to make it mandated in all schools because some schools in, or in locally actually did go with the option. They, they went with the making it optional, which was awesome. So I actually had some hope with our town. And then once I saw like kind of a feeling out the committee, Never mind. Some of them were wearing masks anyway. So I'm like, Oh, I'm fucked. I'm like, if they're wearing masks, I'm like, and I'm fucked. I'm like, um, so it, uh, you know, it might, all this work might be for nothing if that asshole basically ends up. I can swear on this, right? I probably should ask before oh, yeah. I said. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's all we do. I think I already said fuck once. No big deal. <laughs> and uh, if um, you know, if he ends up deciding, if Charlie Baker ends up deciding to make a man mandating it throughout the whole state, like all this work will be almost for nothing. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of the people that go down without a fight. You know, I uh, 
I've been trying to make their lives hell. I mean, I, I posted that emergency podcast. I put the link to all their emails in, uh, in the show description. I put the petition in the show description. I, uh, I, the Peter McCullough show that I'm going to hopefully post, uh, today has that information in the show description too. the petition and the link to, uh, the page, the committee page where, um, you can get their email address and write them. I know people have written me and told me they've already, uh, written them and they've raised some emails. So I'm like, you know, I don't care what happens, like, regardless if they're leaning one way or another, I'm, I'm going to assume that nothing's going to go in our favor and I'm going to do everything that I can to just kind of put pressure on them. And, and, um, hopefully there are people who are like, holy shit, like, you know, this is, I got this huge wave of, cause I told them when I went up there, I'm like, you guys don't even know who I am, but I'm like, in the last 18 months, I've been talking to doctors after doctors, after doctors. So I'm like, you know, it, and it, it's funny. Cause a couple of people who, uh, on Facebook, uh, it locally in town in the Ludlow, uh, town forum they're like oh he's been just spamming his podcast uh since uh this committee meeting and i'm like spamming my po i'm like i've been doing my po podcast since 2013 never once have i you know i use my personal page and my social media accounts just kind of post new episodes like oh here's my new episode with this person here's my i'm like i'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on social media posting my opinions because what's the point of having a one or two sentence opinion uh, shared, which doesn't tell the whole story when you can literally listen to hours and hours and hours and hours of me actually going in depth on what I believe and what I think. So if you really care about my opinion, you'll listen to the show. If you don't care, then that's fine too. So, um, so it's like, I've been doing my show since 2013. I'm like, I haven't like, I don't care. I'm, I mean, the show's listened to all over the world. Like I don't need, uh, you know, my little small town, community to know who I am. I'm like, personally, I don't re really care, you know? So it's just I'd like, rather my local community not listen to us so yeah. that I don't get spotted or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that went out the window with me. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people knew my face, but didn't know where I stood. I'm, I'm very like, I have conversations with people about stuff and what's going on in the world, but I don't have a, uh, a political horse in the race, you know, like I don't, I'm a political atheist. There's, if I, if you sit me down with a bunch of liberals, progressives, I could talk to them about a lot of stuff that we agree on. If you sit me down with libertarians, anarchists, libertarians, conservatives, there's going to be things that I agree with them also, but I'm not, you know, I don't like joining any team because it, it kind of stunts my growth. And it also prevents me from actually continuously questioning what I believe and why I believe those things. So to me, it's really important to, to not pick a team because it's like anything. I mean, I'm wearing a sports team right now. My favorite, one of my favorite uh, soccer teams, like they're my team. Like, Every time if somebody's arguing about sports, if it's your team, you're you're going to be swayed to kind of defend your team because it's like, no, I represent this team. I'm, uh, you know, this is my team. I love this team, and it's like you you see with like the R, uh, the Republican National Convention and the uh, DNC, like when they're doing these speeches, everybody's clapping like what everything that you know the speaker said was profound you know and all it is it's like you're caught up in that team you know you're caught up in that that it's vibe and that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a group thing, you know, like, oh, everybody's clapping and we're all like, this is huge, you know, like, you know, uh, somebody will say something and it's like you watch it on TV and you're not, the, it's almost like going to a concert, right? Like, if you if you watch a video of a concert, it doesn't really, it, you, you can't really understand the energy in the room where it's yeah. the same thing with like this group thing. You go to like a Republican National Convention or, uh, you know, a DNC, like, 
everything they say seems profound because not because what they're saying is profound, but you're getting caught up in the energy in the room. You know, you're getting caught up in, in just like everybody else around you thinking it's a big deal, you know? So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's important to, to kind of just question your thoughts and question the get, get to the origin of why you believe certain things and try to figure out like, okay, do I really believe this? If I really, uh, critically, thought about this and 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 wondered like okay maybe there's a perspective I, ha I haven't pondered on i mean that's why you know it's like um i forget who said it but it's like you know you you learn by listening you learn by by talking to people you disagree with and and they're going to you know when somebody says something that i disagree with and then they you know they push back on my beliefs and i'm forced to have to defend them it's a good exercise to figure out like okay have I really thought this out completely? Because if I can't defend it and if I can't, you know, because sometimes in your head, things make a lot of sense. And then once you try to verbalize it, you're like, okay, I haven't really thought this out completely, yeah. you know? And it's, and so it's important. That's why long form conversation is so beneficial. I actually, so a, another part of the story was I, I emailed right after the, uh, the school committee meeting, I emailed them. I was going to do a podcast. I told them when I was going to do it, I told them I was going to send them the zoom link. I'm like, you guys have the opportunity to use my platform to basically state your opinions and why you want to do what you're doing. And you have an opportunity of showing the town, like, you know, uh, how well thought out your arguments really are and, and, and really show why you believe, uh, what you believe and why you have the perspectives you have. And, uh, I send them the zoom link. Nobody, only one person wrote back and said, thank you. Um, after I sent them the email, I told them about the petition. So, you know, they don't, nobody wants to have an online conversation, even like the, uh, couple people trolls online that will, will say stuff and, and argue with, you know, either myself or other people in the comments, uh, about stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I told them, I'm like, Hey, here's a zoom link, come on the show. Like we're going to do an open call segment. And when my two guests, uh, for, for the emergency podcast, were kind of winding down and had to leave. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to send the zoom link and see if anybody else wants to join me or, you know, I'm like, I'll debate them on my own. I don't care. You know? And I waited and I kind of talked a little bit, waiting to see if anybody's going to jump in the zoom waiting room. And I'm like, nobody's coming, nobody's coming. And then, uh, you know, even a couple of trolls on, on Facebook, and uh, they're local trolls. I mean, they're just people that like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they might be teachers. Who knows? You know, I just know them from like high school or the community or whatever. And uh, and I'm just like, listen, I'm, I'm much uh, better at, at having these conversations in long form, like the way they should and give them the time and the energy and and the attention that they need to really understand people's positions and why yeah, they and believe just a, a three word meme or exactly. something, you know, and, and of course, Nobody want, and I'm like, it's open. I'm like, anybody wants to come on the show? I'll have anybody on. I mean, you know, it's like, to me, it's, it's just hilarious, you know? Cause it's like, if I, if you truly believed about, believed your perspectives and not just that, some of the people that are the loudest on local people from Ludlow who are the loudest on social media, they, they're so, they're keyboard warriors. Like they're so passionate online. Where the fuck were you at the school committee meeting? Because I was there. Like I was there talking, you weren't there. So you're just going to stand behind a keyboard and then pretend like you really believe in this and you really care about these issues. We're the, like a lot of people that, that, uh, you know, I see, cause you know, I'll share stuff online and it's funny cause people will say my, uh, to my wife, they're like, Oh, uh, since Ricky got involved with the, the, the Ludlow school committee and then sorry, cause I, I don't ever uh, write anything in the Ludlow um, uh, community forum. Like it's just like, I, it's Facebook's like one of those things I go on, I share my 
my posts and I leave and that's it. I don't spend any time on there. But I'm, yeah, you know, and, and uh, so, but since all this has happened, I'm like, I don't mind causing a little bit of chaos. I kind of want a little bit of chaos. I want attention on this issue. So I'll, I'm, I've been sharing things in the forum, like, oh, here's my podcast. And this is what I think. Oh, here's a picture of me at the committee meeting. Here's, you know, this is uh, my perspective. Then, And people, you know, of course, like I, it's like you hit enter and then you're like, let it begin. You know, you just know the comments going to be like, fight, 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 fight. And I just walk away from it. I don't care. And and people, will, it's like, oh, dude, thank God for your uh, husband. Um, stay. Uh, standing up and saying something but geez like you know people are just going crazy online she's like he doesn't give a fuck he doesn't and i'm like and i really don't like i re- like i i've done podcast after podcast after podcast with people from so many different perspectives i've have podcast after podcast like for example you guys you guys literally have now a digital record of being open-minded and open to discussion like people can't accuse you of anything otherwise because you literally are on the record you know, exploring ideas and, and actually having long form and willing to have long form conversations. You can accuse me of whatever you want, but you can't accuse me of, of not being willing to have the conversation and, and, or being one-sided or the other side, you know, I've had, remember during 2020, some people would call me Alex Jones, you know, Oh, you, you, you sound like Alex Jones, this and that, you know, and I'm just like, you don't pound your desk near enough, man. You're not Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't sweat enough and I don't, I don't get mad enough. And, uh, but yeah and i don't talk about eating my neighbor or anything like that but it's uh (laughs) but it it, it, without doubt like it's just one of those things where just like you you obviously don't listen to the show you obviously are just assuming like because we because i have this one opinion on this one topic and a bunch of people from this political party or this political ideology agree with me all of a sudden you think i'm a part of that political party or ideology I like to dissect every idea on its own. And there's, like I said, there's things, it just happens that right now, okay, that the right is fighting for a lot of the same things I'm fighting for. But if this was like when I first started getting into activism and kind of just being outspoken and really getting into politics after September 11th, like the left, you know, a lot of the anti-war left were the ones, you know, uh, um, being outspoken about Bush and and his warmongering ways and all this stuff, like they seem to be on the front lines with me battling the same issue. So it's like I'm here now with them. I mean, you talk about that how how it seems to have flipped, and I totally agree. I, I by all accounts, I think we just talked about this the other day. About I w- I would be the definition of a liberal, like I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and now all of a sudden I'm a alt right conservative Trump supporter. I'm like. Nothing changed here. Something else changed where I'm being put in this hole now. It's crazy. I had to explain to my parents why voting for Biden wasn't the best idea. Not even saying don't vote for him, just asking why, because they're all from Massachusetts and I live in California now. So I was trying to say, hey, like maybe just don't join along with what everyone's doing. Think about it. Like he's super old. Like, what has he really done? And my my mom called me a Trump supporter. And I was like, oh, no, like I don't support him either. We can talk about that later. But I'm just saying don't just vote for Biden because you hate Trump. That's a really bad reason to vote for somebody. You should at least have a good reason. I don't care if you vote for him, but like believe in it. Have a good reason that has nothing to do with the opponent because that's terrible. Well, I, I said this over and over again. Nobody voted for Biden. You either voted for Trump or against Trump. Like that was your absolutely like nobody. I mean, the people who voted for Biden would have voted for a cardboard cutout of anybody. I mean, they would have literally <laughs> voted for anything. That's basically I mean, what he is. 
Yeah, basically. Yeah. And uh, it's it just it's just it boggles my mind that people pretend they were truly trying to convince people that like they're voting for Biden because they liked him because he was going to create some change. I'm like this fucker has been in politics for how long? I'm like, all of a sudden he's going to change things. Like now that he doesn't remember things, he can't finish a sentence. Now that you think he's going to change things like when he was cognitively there, he couldn't change things. And when he did change things, it was for the worse. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, he's it just it boggles my freaking mind how every four years people fall for the same old trick. Like James Corbett had that uh, short documentary he did not too long ago with Brock West, who's his video editor, uh, call, called uh, Hopium, you know, and it went through like the history of like, you know, how every election year people assume this person's going to be the like the savior, this person's going to be the savior. And a lot of times it's just because of your hatred of the p- previous person. People loved Obama so much because he was so different than the person we hated before him. Like you had a, you know, a country boy, you know, who actually was from Connecticut, but, uh, you know, uh, comes off as a country boy, uh, you know, uh, George Bush, who, uh, you know, just oil family, uh, just typical corporate, I don't know, just white guy. Right. And then you have like, like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Obama comes and he's hip, he's cool. He's, uh, you know, the, some people say the second uh, black president because they say that uh, uh, Clinton was hip and cool, like a but you know, like that's why the black people like them. Might but, actually um, be more black. I, that's true. That's that's probably <laughs> true. And and he comes and he is very likable and he smiles. He has this this very uh, just just a smile that kind of felt like oh that seems sincere. Like he does he, he talked very articulately and yeah. you know he knew what he was saying. He like basketball. You play, you know, I'd see him playing pickup ball, and I'm like, oh, I play pickup ball. I can relate to this dude. Like, and so there was all these, and and the thing is, somebody can be likable, and and we just have to understand that it's theater. I mean, it's it's almost like when you're watching pro wrestling or you're watching a a a soap opera or a you're watching Ozark or any series you're into, you know, Game of Thrones and something big happens and you get caught up. Like we know it's fake. We know it's theater. We know they're actors. We know there's special effects. We know this is all written and this is all predetermined, but you still get so caught up in the storyline that you're like, Holy fuck. Like they just killed off. Oh my God. What an asshole. Like I'm like, that's dark side. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> that's exactly like politics. Like, even though we know it's fake, there's speech writers, there's reasons why they say certain things and don't say certain things. There's a way they say things to to kind of uh, uh, trick us into believing or, or, or maybe uh, influencing our decision making or how we look at a story or what's going on in the world. Um, everything's well thought out. It's all none, none of it's organic. We still watch it and say, yeah, I like that speech from Obama or I like that speech by whoever uh, he you know, he's a he's a good speaker. And, you know, and he made a lot of good points like he didn't make any fucking good points. Like that was all that was a team of people who decided what to say and how to say it. Like it, none of it was organic. You know, it's like if I sound like a dumbass, it's on me. If any time I ever sound intelligent, it's also, uh, you know, I should get some of the credit for that. I, nobody's writing it. You know, so it's, you never get the credit for saying smart things, though. It's always the doofusy things you say. Yes, yes, yeah. That's one thing. That's why YouTube is always like, if I get banned off YouTube, like really the worst of the worst people hang out on YouTube anyways, most of the time, or at least are the ones who are the most active in regards to like- You're still on right, YouTube? Uh, yeah, I'm still, weirdly enough, 
So Dr. Robert Malone, it's funny. I still don't get it either. So the Dell Big Tree episode that I just uh, had him on a couple episodes ago, that, that was re- banned just there. Dell Big Tree. I mean, yeah, that got me. That got removed doesn't. immediately for some reason. Dr. Robert Malone is still on YouTube. He even emailed me like a, a day later. He's like, "Hey, Rick, how is this still on YouTube?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I still have my Mickey Willis episode with from Plandemic the filmmaker still on oh, YouTube. Wow. I have." I'm like stunned by how many uh, doctors and and how many just people that have been getting suppressed and in trouble, and it's still on my YouTube channel. I I don't know if it has something to do with I age restrict all my stuff, and uh, and I don't put any tags. Like there's a couple of things I do that I'm like I don't know if this is contributing, but you know maybe you careful with the uh, like the wording of your show notes on YouTube no, too because I know no, I don't, oh I really. Don't know that. Like the only thing I do is I don't add any tags and I, uh, so that way, you know, I'm a figure if I keep putting COVID, 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 you know, in, in tags for every episode, eventually, uh, maybe I'll get some attention and I age restrict myself. I say that it's not for children. So I'm like, maybe that might it, have a lot to do with it. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's, it seems like if you say it's, it, it does prevent you from being suggested, you know, that does happen because I, I've talked to people who, who have clean podcasts and they say like, holy shit, like you do clean podcasts, you get some, like you grow so much faster on YouTube or anywhere because the the platform feels much more comfortable suggesting your show, you know, like instead of like accidentally suggesting some raunchy show or, or something that children shouldn't be watching to a child, you know, so they're not as afraid of, of that happening. So I kind of get that, that part of it. I mean, I don't care because most of my listeners are listening to it on their phone, you know, on an app, you know, Apple, whatever. I know truth, truthzilla just got kicked off Spotify. So yeah, that's a weird one. It is. Cause that's one of the first, uh, legit examples of, of them doing some serious censorship. And so, I mean, I guess you're doing something right. If you get their attention and you're getting kicked off, I mean, that means you're doing something right. So, uh, you know, I'd wear, wear like a badge, but it, it, it is nice that we have other alternatives. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, get Podcast Addict or one of these apps where you get the RSS feed directly from the, the podcaster. I and, recommend Podbean to people. Apparently Podbean's one that hasn't really kicked anybody off that I'm aware of, at least. Yeah, Podcast Addict is like super user friendly. It, it has so many cool features. Like you can listen to live radio on there. Um, you can listen to, uh, you can just put in a RSS feed from anywhere and put it in there. And then basically you can listen to it on your phone. So you can get it directly from, uh, you know, basically there's no middleman. There's no iTunes. There's no Spotify, uh, iTunes. I've had some issues with, uh, I think I've had issues with Dell big tree on iTunes. And then I had issues with Mickey Willis on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, those shows wouldn't show up for a while, but besides that i mean those were the the only shows that i'm aware of usually if if something's wrong and and a show's not showing up people will email me or write me and say hey look it's not there so uh so i to my knowledge those are the only ones that have been kind of suppressed but it's yeah i mean it's just one of those things you're better off getting it right from the right right from the rss feed so there's no middleman i mean i don't even like spotify i mean i think the app sucks and i think that it's just yeah, I mean the music sucks too because it like I actually prefer Pandora for music if if I'm listening to music just because you can shuffle all your radio stations so you're not listening to the same thing over and over again. Um and and Spotify a lot of it's just like same shit over and over again. It and, ends up being a regular radio station where they play the same five songs, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I just think the majority of people that's what they kind of want. Like 
they'll just, oh, what's hip right now? Oh, I like this song. Yeah, I want to hear this song until I can't hear it anymore. And then the next pop song is is a, is a song I want to listen to. So it's, yeah, I mean, it definitely. So you guys live in California. How have you been dealing with all this? Like, are, are things getting, because now you're hearing, similar to New York, you're hearing about a lot of vaccine requirements and mask requirements all over the state. Uh, what part of Cali are you guys in? And is it bad there? No, we're in way North California. We're in Shasta County, where that guy stood up and spoke at the, what was it, City Hall? It was a, yeah, some, like a Board of Supervisors. Yeah, something, something like that. But we live in a very, like, we live in the one red, like, county in, <laughs> not to even politicize Which it. Which normally but I hated, but now I'm, like, loving it that everyone's, like, a lot more chill It's pretty about divided, it. though. Like, I feel like a lot of people are all about the vaccine here, and a lot of people are all about freedom here as well. It's not nearly as bad as L.A., San Francisco, Southern California, we're like nine hours away from LA. We're really close to the Oregon border. It is so. There, there is starting to be some some vax stuff coming up that I'm starting to worry about. I was wondering about that over there too. Is if I mean the masks is one thing, but that's just you know leading into the vaccine thing, which is what we've been saying you know for what a year. Yeah. But uh, I, I've stolen your uh, example quite a few times of the peanut butter, the. There's nothing wrong with the peanut butter, but you force everybody to have a tablespoon on earth, there's going to be some dead people. And I, I said that same thing to one of my pro-vax friends, and she's like, oh, yeah, that does that does make sense. I'm like, yeah, so it shouldn't be mandated for everybody. But there's no exemptions. They're, they're doing away with religious exemptions, which is what um, – have you talked to Brian Festa yet from We the Patriots? Yeah, I was text messaging with him on Friday. Uh, oh, you're, it- you're going to be on his uh, marathon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be on the marathon. Yeah. I've done Brian Festo. It's funny how that all worked out because it's somebody, I don't even know who linked us. Somebody linked us and like, Hey, this guy, you know, he has, uh, he started this uh, nonprofit uh, CT uh, Freedom Alliance. He, you know, he's like, I think it'd be a great guest for your show. And then we became friends. And then I started sending him a bunch of shows. I'm like, Hey, start. I'm like, you're doing a you know great work. Like here, like I'll hook you up with people. I think this person would be a great show to go on. I think that person, you know, so it, it's it's nice to kind of have that community and help people out, you know. So it, it really has been awesome to have at least enough pull where I can, in some little way, help kind of get the word out there and and um, get them around. So yeah, I've talked to Brian. I'm like, hey, can you share this petition? I know he he shared the petition, and um, I'm I'm planning on talking to him again because if the state mandates masks in, in schools, I, I want to ask him like, okay, what's my other option? Like, can can we sue? Can we? I'm like, do I have to put together like some GoFundMe to sue the sh- shit out of you know Ma- Massachusetts, or maybe talk to Dell and and I can and and see if it's something that they're. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, but that's the thing. It's like there's so many states in the U.S. It's like, how are you going to sue them all? Because I'm sure it's we're not the only they've, state. They've got to be, uh, you know, expecting this. There's got to be some kind of loophole they're looking at. All these employers that are uh, mandating it, they they have a big legal team that looks through everything and is like, yep, we can totally get away with this. But from what he told me, if my job mandates it, he said, don't quit, let them fire you, and then give me a call. So I'm like, all right, I guess I know what I'm doing now, but who knows? I don't know if it'll actually come down to that, but it seems to be. I guess Pepsi just announced all the Pepsi on top of Disney, and then who else? There's some huge, big companies that own so much shit that are mandating. Yeah, like Netflix, Google. Netflix, yeah. Just the workers in the offices, uh, DoorDash, not DoorDash workers, just DoorDash office employees, I guess. It just boggles my mind, too, because you don't have to prove that you're vaccinated against anything else, any of the vaccines. Like, I didn't have to prove my DTaP vaccine to get a job or... 
or measles, mumps, rubella, or varicella, chicken pox, whatever. You don't have to show that information. But they're like, oh, you have to have your COVID vaccine, though. The newest one, the most untested one, you have to have that one. But we don't care about all of the others. Polio, whatever, no big deal. It's it doesn't make any sense if the variant changes and everybody's getting sick because the variant changes and everybody needs booster shots. If you show proof of vaccine vac that you've been vaccinated, it could only be the initial vaccine that is, you know, if you believe it, it works, is only... Um, makes sense for the first variant and won't do anything for the second variant or the next variant or the variant after that anyways. So you're you, like, there's no logic in it. Like, okay, oh, I've been vaccinated. What if you're one of the first people who've been vaccinated? That vaccine is completely worthless to the new variant. So it's like, but yet I still have the right to go places, even though like the vaccine I, I did receive doesn't do anything. And even if I got a, a vaccine that does do something, it doesn't stop you from spreading it or getting it. So it's like, what? Why not tell me? Pointless. This is using their own logic too. This isn't even our opinion. This is like what they're telling us, and you're like, wait a minute, none of this makes sense. Yeah, they put like, it right in the news. Science. Science. Like, fully vaccinated man gets Delta variant and dies. Okay, that's literally right in your face, telling you this dude got vaccinated and still died from COVID. It's ineffective. Yeah, Cor Corey Taylor. I just saw Jason Burmes had a, a video about how. Uh, he was vaccinated and he's in the hospital doing really bad. So like all this stuff. And you know what everybody will say? You know, I was just at a, a Jack and Jill uh, Friday and I was talking to this guy. This guy I ran into like a wedding like years ago. And he's like, dude, you're still are you still doing that podcast? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're talking. And um, and then he's uh, I forget what he does for a living, but he's in the medical field. And he's like, well, you know, I'm like and I'm, I'm like, the, the only thing the vaccine allegedly does is that. If you get really sick, it just, I mean, they're basically saying that you would have got sicker, which is unprovable and there's no way of knowing. And they're like, no, no, we, we, we know like, you know, the vaccine works and, and, you know, people would be, a lot more people would be, I'm like, well, how do you know that? Because if all, that's the thing. I'm like, when, when the vaccine first came out, they said it was 90 something percent effective, the Pfizer one. And like now nobody's saying like, hey, how can you be 90 something? percent effective when people are being hospitalized uh who've been vaccinated when people are getting it people are spreading it uh like it doesn't even make any sense there's people who've been vaccinated and had covid who are still getting covid and getting sick i'm like you can't stop the spread i'm like it's just like the flu vaccine i'm like people have to understand that there is no difference between the flu and this like it changes and as it changes like you know your immunity you had to the last strain will go away and 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 weaken and the best way of fighting the flu is the best is the same way of fighting covid or any disease strengthen your immune system so when you do get sick you're ready to fight it regardless well what strain it is or what variant it is like why keeping a fat slob not exercising uh not caring about what you eat or uh or anything like that your nutrition or health and then be like, well, let me just get the vaccine and then that'll protect me. It's like, you know what else will protect you? Like being proactive and taking care of your body. Because the truth is, it's just like fat loss pills. It's the same thing. Like nobody wants, it's like, oh, I, I got the secret to losing weight, diet and exercise. And it's, it's a, like, well, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a great work. You actually have to get up and do some work. Exactly. But that's the thing. But if, if somebody hears about like, oh, did you, because I'll get it all the time. People will be like, hey, do you know about this pill? Like, does this work? Does it help you lose weight? I'm like, 
dude, I'm like, maybe, maybe it'll work. But I'm like, I've been using the other technique that works with losing weight uh, for a long time. It's called diet and exercise. And I know that works and it has no harmful effects on you. So it actually has positive effects on you. So it's like, why take a, you know, but everybody wants the easy way out. So it's the same thing with the vaccine. It's like, oh, I want to be protected. Instead of being like, oh, let me eat right, exercise, get vitamin D, be outside, get fresh air. You know, it's like all these things. I mean, it's obvious that some of the contributors to, to the COVID deaths are obesity. And, and and before 2020, it's like we all understood obesity was a, a real epidemic. It was like something that we should really be concerned about. I mean, we had obese toddlers. I, I mean, I see it all the time, like fat parents, fat kids. Why? Because parents eat like shit. So then they teach the kids aren't born knowing how to eat. So they just basically adopt how the parents eat. So then they eat like shit and they end up getting fat. Then they end up having health issues. And then if their poor kid dies uh, of, of some health issue, it's like, no, you know, like we understand that like obesity was the, probably the biggest contributor. But now if, if you're obese and you die of COVID, it's like, oh, it's because COVID's scary. It's not because you're obese and you're unhealthy. And then many different things would have killed you. It's because this is scary. You know, we've magnified one thing and we basically have decided that deaths by this thing is should be our focus. It's like the war on drugs or the war on terror. Like, let's put all our focus on one issue and then, you know, do our best to successfully fight it. And just like the war on drugs and the war on terror, we're going to look back and be like, oh, shit, like we spent a lot of money, trusted the experts and nothing got accomplished, you know, and, and you weren't going to stop anything. So. And and you realize that like that was never really the goal in the first place. You know, uh, I shared a, a little video on my Instagram. Uh, a friend of mine uh, put, posted it on his uh, his story. And I'm like, it was just like a he's a he's a Trump supporter. He's a friend of mine, but he's a big Trump supporter. And I'm like, you know, he shared this little video. I'm like, well, what's this? Of? I'm like, I haven't heard Trump talk in a while because I, I don't really pay attention to what he's doing. But I'm like, oh, he shared it. I'm like, you know what? Let me give it a listen. And I give it a listen. And he's uh, it was him on on Fox Business. Uh, and they were asking him about the booster shot. And he's like, yeah, the booster shot. He's like, come on, that's a money grab. Like, it's obvious that they're just trying to make more money. And I'm just like, you know, so I shared it. I'm like, love him or hate him. I'm like, he's right. You can't deny he's right. Like he's, it is a money grab. The booster shot is complete bullshit. It's basically saying our vaccine didn't work. You just need more of it. You know, it's like, it, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, if if it works, why do you keep having to get it? Like, we're just going to have to. Yeah, the first two it. didn't work. So, you know what we should do? Give you another one. Did you see that? It, it was a meme floating around, but it was an article of that dude that died after getting vaccinated of COVID. And the doctor said, well, if he wasn't vaccinated, it could have been worse. <laughs> it's worse like, than death. What What's worse? Like a, a longer death? Would that be worse than death? It's still death. That it's is hilarious. It's hilarious and sad at the same time. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it it's like people. The thing that's the the religion of vaccines. Like people are so you know the peanut butter example I always use. It, it's it's so true, and I, and I you know I and I some people get sick of me saying it, but it's like it's such a a simple way to simplify like the the whole logic of like oh we know vaccines are safe like well what do you mean by safe like safe for everyone all the time because i'm like there's nothing that is safe for everyone all the time like you know like and peanut butter is something that most of us would consider harmless and like you said if we gave everybody peanut butter we forced everybody to inject peanut butter 
some people are going to die. And if I said that, if I say that, it doesn't make me anti peanut butter. You know, does it, am I immediately an anti peanut butter person? He's like, Oh, that I hear that motherfucker eats peanut butter and jelly with no peanut butter. Don't trust him. He's an anti peanut butter person. You know, it's like, well, it's like, it's just, it's so silly. It's like, nobody accuses you. And I, I think even uh, Robert Kennedy said something along those lines before, because he, he's been fighting against chemicals in our water and, and pollution, all this stuff for a long time. And uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, said something along the lines of, he's like, I've been trying to get like chemicals out of the water. He's like stopping pollution and big chemical companies from polluting our waters. He's like, nobody calls me anti-fish or anti-water. Like, I'm like, why, if I want chemicals out of our vaccines and I want our vaccines to be safe, like, why am I anti-vax? You know, it's like, it doesn't, like nobody, you know, when people get mad when you even called experimental and it's like, well, what? how is it not experimental? Like, what do you, and that's, that's the thing, like so much of this, uh, the reactions to this topic are just politically motivated. Like you don't, you don't really care about the research or whatever, or you don't care about statistics. You just care about the statistics and research that defends your political party and defends your political party's perspective on all these issues. So to me, it's like, it, it's so obvious that so many people like they they're convinced that they look at information and come to a conclusion. But the truth is they have a conclusion that they're looking for information to defend. Yeah. And that does go on both sides too, but yeah, yeah. It, they've p politicized it so much that if you don't want to get the shot, there's like a list of things people will automatically say you are, Oh, you're, you're anti-vax. Uh, you must be pro Trump. You were probably at January 6th. And uh, love you, hate, you hate colored people like that's yeah. or people of color. Sorry, I got to say it the right way. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did have a question in the chat, though. Corey says he run, he wants to know. Oh, I have to scroll back up. He wants to know if Ricky has ever gotten irrationally mad. He's always so calm, art articulate and concise. <laughs> Do you ever <laughs> slap the handle? <laughs> uh, I Well, I don't know. I guess my perspective on like like me. Sometimes like when I go on these long rants about COVID or whatever topic I'm really passionate about, I feel like I'm flying off the handle. Like I feel like, oh, I'm getting up, you know, a little ups uh, upset, but I, I do, I do try really hard to stay calm and, and not, and it's not just in regards to this, it's in regards to everything. I'm, I'm a big believer of like finding ways to physically and mentally do your own therapy. Right. So it's like, I, I went to the gym today. Like I, I'm, I'm a gym rat, but like I'm over like trying to have the biggest arms or like trying to be the fastest or strongest. A lot of it's like just mental health. Like I I cognitively feel better when I go there. My fuse, like so if you could visually see a fuse, like when I wake up in the morning, it's probably a little smaller. And and then once I go to the gym, it just gets like it gets huge, you know, because I'm like, you can't get me mad. I'm like, I've gotten all this frustration off my chest. I've gotten all this this built up energy because I mean, we're humans and we're designed to move. And I think we have built up energy that builds up and, and if we don't do something with it, it's going to blow up on something. Right. So it's like somebody will, will say something that rubs you the wrong way. And then you completely get way more upset than you would have if you did some yoga that day, or if you went for a run that day, or if you exercise that day, or even just like meditation, like I don't, I don't meditate per se, I, uh, smoking cigars is kind of my meditation. Like I like having a cigar and having a whiskey or, a, or, you know, a glass of wine and just sitting there and kind of being one with my thoughts and kind of just like, you know, getting a little buzz on and kind of just, you know, looking at things from all perspectives and, and, and questioning, um, 
just, you know, what, what am I doing with my life? How, you know, is there anything that I can look back at and reflect on that I could improve on all these type of just internal questions. And uh, so, you know, to me, that type of stuff is so important. And then that helps you better handle all these other things, you know, and, uh, you know, I internally, I feel like I get upset, you know, I, I well, if you play sports with me, I get pretty upset. I mean, I, I but I, it's more about like, it's my fuel. Like when I'm out there, uh, if somebody, you know, if, if we're getting our butts kicked or whatever, like I, I like getting worked up and be like, let's go, let's go fucking kick some ass. Like, like yeah. these guys, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, every coach in some like sports movie, like we're going to go out there, we're leaving it all in the court, you know, like that type of thing. And I, I love just that exhausted feeling after playing sports. Like you're just like, you're so tired. Like you, and I think a lot of it has to do with sweating. Like I talk to people and they're like, you know, I hate the heat. I hate, I'm like, I fucking love the heat. I love being outside. I, I'm like, I don't care how humid it is. We, we go, uh, the last couple of years we've been to, uh, I think the last like two or three years out of four or something like that. We went to uh, Florida in July and people are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I don't mind it. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about sweating. I feel great when I sweat. I feel like, like I detox. And I, and, and I really started kind of figuring that shit out when I was a little younger and I was going out on weekends and then I was, I had basketball games or, or playing sports the next day. And, uh, I'd feel like crap. But then after you finally sweat, like, Oh, it's so hard to get out of bed. It's so hard to get, you know, make it to the game, but you get there and you sweat and it's like, I feel better. Like, I just feel like I detox. I feel like it's all just came out of my pores. And, um, so I started like, Oh my God, there's something here. You know, there's something interesting about this. And, uh, so, you know, looking back, I, it's one of the reasons why I feel so great when I get a real good sweat and a real good workout. Uh, it just, I feel like it kind of helps. I mean, one that helps with that built up energy, but I think it also detoxes some of the, the toxins in your body that, that, uh, are kind of being removed through your pores and, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of different techniques to try to, to try to stay calm. I mean, like anybody who plays sports, like uh, I have moments of, of weakness where, you know, I'll, I'll get upset or whatever. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll be like, what the fuck? Like, why'd you do, you know? Uh, but I, just like anything I do in life, I try to pour as much of myself and sacrifice as much of myself to do it. And even though it sounds silly when you're just talking about, you know, playing a pickup game or playing in a basketball league or whatever, uh, it, you, you get passionate because like, okay, I'm giving you all of me. I expect you to give uh, me all of you, you know? And it's like, so sometimes, you know, I need to like pump the brakes. I'm like, listen, like you can't expect the most from everybody all the time and, and whatever, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important. I mean, don't you guys have techniques in, in trying to do you guys meditate, exercise, maybe uh, smoke weed? I'm any any of the above to, to try to uh, not lately. Uh, yeah, we haven't been uh, not lately. I mean, it's legal here. Uh, obviously. I mean, yeah. I think it's legal over there now, too. But uh, we now, have a bunch of plants in our yard. We grew. I, I, I grow yeah. plants. That keeps me super calm. <laughs> That's her meditation. Not, You're, not I, just weed plants. I grow like lemons and avocados and all these plants from seeds and then. That's and then awesome. we don't get fruit because I don't know how to grow shit here because I'm from the East Coast. whatever else up too. So well, it's like said, 115 degrees here. It's hard. You said you don't meditate, but you go to the gym. That's probably your meditation, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't I don't go to the gym, but I have a job where I'm constantly working yeah, out all day. Like so I, I'm sweating by like 8.30 in the morning, and then it continues because it's California. It's fucking 105 degrees here. 
So yeah, I get to feel the sweat thing because I always feel better. Like, I mean, we drink too, but if I feel wake up feeling a little off because of that, by the time I get to work and I sweat for about a half hour, I feel totally better. Drink some water and sweat it out. It's crazy. Our drinking though is White Claw watered down with sparkling Shh, water. It's tell. pretty wussy. Like we're not really badasses at all. I used to be a whiskey guy. I give you that. <laughs> I, I love scotch we just used to on drink the rocks. Beer. We used to drink IPAs and stuff. And now we're like, I'm too old. Let's for drink that White now. Claw. And now we're like, let's drink White Claw with sparkling water. That will be better for us. And we're hydrated. We feel fantastic in the morning though. We haven't been hungover in forever. So I can't be, I'm fucked up. If I'm hung over, I'm fucked up <laughs> yeah. all day. And then I just want to go to bed when I get home. Like I'm, that's when I found out I was old. I was like, I used to be able to drink till four in the morning, get up for work at seven, be fine. And then party again the next night. I, if I'm up past like 1130, I'm going to feel rough the next morning. It's pretty, pretty sad. But <laughs> yeah. Probably it, it, for me. <laughs> well, milk thistle helps too. It's a, uh, it's uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm kidding. Um, I know people. <laughs> I take milk thistle every day. Great for yeah, great for your liver. I mean, there's there's a lot of things, and and of course, staying hydrated is super important. If you can get like I try, people who listen to my show know that I I've basically been doing the keto diet for a long time, and and very um, much into trying to remove as many carbs and sugars from your diet as, as possible. So. During the day, I really don't drink uh, much besides like coffee and water. Uh, but one thing that is a common problem with people who do the keto diet and fast all day like I do is that you do have a problem hydrating because a lot of what your your a lot of hydration comes from some of it comes from your food. You know, if you're eating stuff that has moisture or whatever, and then also, um, you know, if you're drinking something that has uh, potassium or you know some type of sodium, that'll help you kind of sustain it. So drinking like some of the these kind of more expensive premium waters that have some electrolytes in it and stuff seems to help quite a bit because when you're not eating it is hard to stay hydrated and a lot of like people who have migraines and people who have headaches and don't feel good like there's been i remember one time i was like super busy and it was like super hot and i'm just like i wasn't feeling good and i'm like oh, i feel like i'm just drained and i was having like a little bit of a headache which i never get i'm like this is kind of unusual and uh, so then I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't think it's hydration. I think I drink enough. But I'm like, you know what? I, let me just hammer down some water. So I bought one, like a bunch of those uh, core waters. I love core water. They're, they're awesome. They taste good. They have some electrolytes in there. Um, you know, all those pH waters are, are just, they just hydrate you better than, than the regular water. And I just hammered them down. And I'm like, worst case scenario, I'm like, you know, I just, I'm going to end up going to the bathroom if I don't need all this water. So I'm just hammering some, and I swear in like five minutes, I'm like, dude, I feel better. Like I didn't realize it, but I was dehydrated to some extent. So, uh, you know, it, it definitely does help, but in regards to, um, sweating. Yeah. I mean, however you're getting it done, it's just, it's, it's great. Like you do feel better. I, it's really easy to be like, I feel like shit. I, I don't feel like doing anything, but the second you like finally talk yourself into doing something and you finally get that sweat, you do feel better. I mean, you, and you'll feel better quicker than when you're just laying around doing nothing all day trying to recover that way so uh it's uh it's pretty amazing but people need something like if it's playing guitar if it's some type of art you know if, painting drawing what, whatever it may be uh if it's gardening you know i, I remember working at this job site we're doing this uh, um 
this road in, in, in Holyoke and there's this guy in Holyoke, Massachusetts that he was outside gardening. He was retired and he's outside gardening every single day. Like as long as we're outside working like a full eight hour day, he was basically outside too. And he had this beautiful yard with just plants everywhere and he loved it. And he was just there and he just, you know, I would talk to him from time to time and, um, and, and it, he's like, it gave him peace, you know, it gave him peace. It made him happy. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be something really complicated or even something you don't even have to sit in the lotus position and ohm. You can just <laughs> exactly. do a garden too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think something that for, even like whatever, like a mindless movie or or uh, series or something, you know, wrestling, sports, whatever it may be, like that can get you to like just punch out from reality for a little bit. You know, I, I think it's good because I think we need to just kind of disconnect from time to time and then just completely forget about, you know, your issues or your stresses or things you're upset about. Uh, I think all that stuff is, is super important, but yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, find something, find your thing, whatever it, it may be, but don't make excuses for why you can't do it because people will, I mean, we're, you know, everybody, even myself, like we, we all fight with procrastination. We all fight with like finding every excuse. That's why like, even when I'm tired and I think I need a rest day, I'll go to the gym just because I'm like, you know what, do I really need a rest day? Or am I talking myself into believing I need a rest day? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little sore, but I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of times I'm sore. I go to the gym and I have a great workout and I feel better and I'm glad I came. So, you know what? I'm going to fucking go to the gym and I'll go to the gym and he, just showing up like mentally, I feel like I, I gained something like just showing that I have the discipline to force myself to go to me is really important. You know, having a, a the by the body mind connection is so important. You know, a healthy body um, makes you mentally feel better and a healthy mind makes you physically feel better. So, and of course, vice versa, you know, if you, if you uh, mentally feel like shit, you know, it has a negative effect on your body. So, uh, I think a lot of times people do one and neglect the other, you know, you can be a gym rat where you're, uh, you're in the gym working out real hard, but then you're not, dealing with the mental stress very well or vice versa you're you're um dealing with mental stress well and and you're maybe doing some type of therapy in that regards but you're not uh doing anything physical to kind of making make sure that your body is also healthy so it's uh you know that's why it's super important when you're doing podcasts when you're doing any type of activism to like work on yourself first like make sure you're in a good place you know make sure you you do i mean my life in regards to like i'm very uh, I think many of us are, but we get in, we got habits that we do every day and we have like these traditions or these things that like put you in a good place and like exercising is one, um, it, it, having a glass of wine. I have one every night with dinner. Uh, it's one, like it's my, and that's why a lot of times if I go somewhere, people are like, Oh, you want to drink? What do you, you know, like if they don't know me, they'll be like, Oh, you don't drink. And I'm like, no, I just don't drink during the day. Cause I'm so mentally, I'm so used to when I have that drink, it's the end of the day. I've done everything I've done. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm punching out. It's like my, my whole day, all my priorities and chores and all the things I do is like, you know, I look at it like it's my job and then I can have that drink when I punch out. And it's like, if I have a drink early in the day, like I'm very unmotivated, <laughs> like I'm done. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything productive, you know? So from time to time, you know, it's not a big deal if you're at a barbecue or whatever, but I, I try to like, make sure I earn that, like be productive during the day and then try to earn that that meal and that glass of wine at the end of the night. Um, cause I feel like if I don't earn it, then I can't enjoy it. Right. Like it's, yeah. uh, when, when I go on vacation, it's the same thing. Like I have to go find like a local gym. I have to get a workout in and then I can be lazy 
and and sit around and have a drink and eat and and not and not feel guilty about it. And I know my wife, like she's she would always be like, oh, don't don't be so hard. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as it's it's a tool that I'm using to motivate me to do better. Like I when I earned it, then I, I, I feel good. Like I can enjoy this, but if I don't earn it, like feeling guilty about it is what motivates me to make sure I don't procrastinate the next day to make sure that I don't cheat the next day. Cause then it's a slippery slope of like, Oh, you know, like I'll start working out again tomorrow or next week or the following week, or, you know, it just, it can be just a slippery slope of excuses and, and, and procrastination. So it's, um, you know, those internal conversations and battles are, are really important because if, uh, if you're not questioning yourself and, you know, if you're not, uh, making yourself responsible for your actions, then nobody else really will in regards to that type of stuff, you know, exercise or, or getting around to, um, starting a hobby, you know, oh, I want to get back in shape or I want to get back to uh, playing sports or I want to get back to uh, playing guitar. You know, I want to start picking up my guitar again. It's like people will have a good, I mean, I, I do it. I mean, I'm, I'm so busy. I have guitars here. I have guitars, uh, you know, acoustic guitar upstairs. Uh, and my idea was like, I don't even play acoustic guitar, but maybe if I just have it near the couch, looking good as like a you know just a piece of furniture then maybe i'll pick it up from time to time because it's there and it's convenient you know so you try to find all these ways that like oh you know stop i'm like oh i want to pick up a guitar because i want my kids to like music and i want my kids to to be exposed to it and then you just find every excuse of like oh, i don't have time today maybe i'll do i'll play some guitar tomorrow with them or you know so it's like it just it yeah i mean we're just creatures of 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 excuses i mean we're, we're constantly procrastinating and we can find excuses for absolutely anything. And, and that's why I think it's, uh, it's important to also have conversations with people that you disagree with, because the same way we can make excuses and convince ourselves of those excuses, we can also convince ourselves of our ideas and our perspectives and all, you know, and you need pushback. You need people to, to kind of force you to, to kind of really prove that you, you've thought out whatever thing you're, you're, you're strongly believing in. And, so yeah, I just I mean was that was that the a thirty minute answer to a to, to the no, question? That was great. No, that was a good answer I, actually. I, I, I listen like to your show, so I I know how your show goes. <laughs> uh, well, we have we have kids to feed and stuff. I know you've got stuff to do, and I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I mean, I wanted to squeeze you in. I didn't care what time it was. I was like, we're going to get him on. We're going to do this thing. We're going to get up early on Sunday. <laughs> normally, my uh, brother, he's our third co-host. He couldn't make it today, but you'll meet him next time, I'm sure. Yeah, you might have seen him on Truzilla's or somewhere. But uh, okay. but yeah. before you get out of here, let us know uh, where we can find you, what the best uh, place to go is. Oh, and let us stuff. know if anyone's allowed to sign your petition. Does it, do they have to be from Massachusetts or do they have to be from the school district or can it be anyone? Could be anybody so but the idea is just kind of showing them support towards just the uh, you know the option the the choice because i've had a lot of people are like oh i don't even live in town anymore or, or hey i'm not even from the state can i sign it? i'm like yeah yeah i'm like you're just basically saying i believe in this i believe in this cause you know it's uh i mean how many times do we sign petitions we have nothing to do with but it's just you know you're basically saying yeah i i, I agree with this i i'm, I'm i'll write my signature to kind of show my support so yeah anybody listening yeah, I'll yeah we'll sign it yeah send me the link and i'll put it in the show notes yeah awesome yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah so yeah and if anybody listening uh the show's available on all platforms uh audio and video so audio you know spotify itunes uh like i always say like i, I highly recommend people using maybe some like pod beam or podcast addicts uh one of my personal favorite podcast apps that way you know you can kind of 
avoid using Spotify or iTunes just in case they are suppressing something. And then in regards to video, uh, most of my shows are on YouTube, not all of them. I've had a couple of them uh, pulled, like uh, the Kevin Sorbo show uh, and uh, Pete Evans, who's an Australian chef, real great podcast too. He has a podcast called Evolve that I highly recommend. And then um, that was pulled and then uh, recently Del Big Tree, but 95% of them are on YouTube. But uh, if you're on Odyssey or if you're familiar with all the other platforms, use the other platforms. I'm on Odyssey. I'm on Rumble. I'm on BitChute. I'm on Rockfin. I'm on all those platforms. I'm, um, I believe uh, all the videos are also uploaded onto Float, so you can check out Float. And you can find all the stuff on rickyvranis.com or the rippleeffectpodcast.com. And, um, and that will give you links to all my channels, all the social media uh, platforms I'm on, and then also access to all my shows um, Union of the Unwanted uh, and uh, the Ripple Effect podcast. And you, you, you can listen to them and watch them directly from my website. So you're not using any any third party. So it kind of bypasses any censorship. So uh, yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. Sweet. Well, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks to everybody yeah, in the chat. So uh, if you're listening on audio, the video for this is on rockfin.com slash legit bat. And we will catch you uh, tonight. Actually, we have another show. So yay. Yeah. See ya, guys. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.